0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory Glory to to you, Lord Christ. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ In the name of the one God, who is lover, beloved, and love overflowing. Amen. Love. Today, the Feast of the Holy Trinity is a feast of love. It is a celebration of the overflowing love at the heart of all life, of the love that is itself life, and is also at the same time the engine and fuel of life. Over the last few weeks during Ascension Tide and last Sunday on Pentecost, We heard those exquisite passages from John's Gospel in which Jesus tells his disciples of the intimacy he shares with the Father. An intimacy that the Spirit will draw them and us into. It's an intimacy so tender that it's almost painful. All that the Father has is mine, he says. And when the Spirit comes, she will give all that I have to you. It's of this intimacy, this indwelling of one with another, that Paul writes when he says that when we cry, Abba, Father, It is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. It isn't that we weren't already children of God before Christ came. But if we are made new in Christ then we possess everything of God. Take that in for a moment. If we are made new in Christ, then we possess everything of God, which is to say, everything, life itself. All that the Father has is mine, And in the Spirit, all that I have is yours. May they be one, Father, as you and I are one. The Father pours herself into the Son, who again pours herself into the Spirit, who again pours herself into you, and me, and the river, and the crows, and the trees, one in another. This self emptying love of one for and in another neither overwhelms nor subsumes our identity. No, in fact, this self emptying love. Completes our identity, confirms it. When we surrender to this love flowing into and through our lives, we become more fully who we are, not less, more distinctly ourselves, at the same time that we become more transparent. This last November, I was ordained a deacon right here in this church, and as many of you may know, I am somewhat skeptical by nature, and I really don't have a very high clericalism. I've known too many clergy in my time for that, and I honestly did not believe that I would be any different after that liturgy than I was before but I was wrong. I knelt before the bishop as the assembly sang the ancient hymn to the Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Creator Spirit, come, and make within our hearts your home. And I found that as much as I loved that hymn, I couldn't sing it. I was too overcome with emotion and I began to cry as intensely as I ever have. But by the third or fourth verse of the hymn, I had dropped down below the emotion into a place of total stillness and peace. As the bishop laid his hands on my head, And prayed for God to make me a deacon in her church. I had the strongest sense that I was being given back a piece of myself that I hadn't even known was missing. And at the same time, I was being given as a gift to the church and the world. Not that my ministry was being given but that I myself, the substance of me, was being given as a gift. This is how love works in and through us. In God's mercy and love, we are all completed and filled, given first of all to ourselves as pure gift, and then poured out as a balm for the world. This commingling of gift and self-offering, of fullness and emptiness, is the flow at the heart of divine love. It's how God first created all that is, by pouring her substance into matter, the prodigal squandering herself, as Karl Rahner says. And it's also how Jesus redeemed the world, first being given the gift of himself at his baptism, and then consenting to the pouring out of his life on the cross. And it's also how the Spirit makes us children of God, by first returning us to ourselves and then enabling us to pour out ourselves in service to the world. Bruno Barnhart and Carl Jung both believed that three was an incomplete number and that it would be more accurate to speak of the Holy Quaternity than the Holy Trinity. The Godhead, three in one and one in three, is not quite complete without a fourth. You and me. The love that flows from and is God is not quite whole without us. But here's the rub. This invitation to the heart of love terrifies us? What would it mean to consent to full and total immersion in the heart of love? Who would we become? What would it mean for there truly to be no separation between us and God? Fully heirs with Christ, to everything that belongs to the Father, which is to say, to absolutely everything. We are like the narrator of George Herbert's great poem on love. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin but quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, Ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand, and smiling did reply. Who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame, my dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. The table is laid. Every moment the feast of love calls to us. Fearful, skeptical, Tired as we often are, if we are ever to be whole, we must sit down and taste love's meat. So let us sit and eat.